Welcome to the St Albans podcast, bringing you news, views and reviews for the city and district of St Albans. Welcome along to a, a special bonus edition of the St Albans podcast uh, with me, Danny Smith, and uh, joining me here in the studio. Uh, we're recording quite late on Wednesday evening, and, and we have uh, Alan Bellinger here. Uh, and uh, Alan, uh, you and I have just come back from the Abbey Theatre where we saw the Magic Flute, uh, the latest offering from the St Albans Chamber Opera, which is on at the Abbey Theatre um, through to Saturday the 18th of March. I found out earlier that you're quite the fan of opera. Absolutely. And uh, so what, uh, What? well, uh, what, no, I, I won't ask you yet what you made of it. First of all, can you <laughs> try to explain what it is? <laughs> it's, um, it, it's quite a complicated plot, isn't it? But uh, It is, but just do the, the simplest part of it, if you can. Okay, so um, the lead role is, is a, gentle, a prince called Tamino, um, and... Uh, he, he's, in, he's in the light initially, but then they go into the dark and, um, and come across uh, the, the, the uh, initially seemingly wicked, but, but turned out in the end not to be. Well, that's... But that's, <laughs> that's yes, blown, spot, spoiler, it? well done. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and 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 then, um, then we have Papageno, who is a, a bird watcher looking, looking for a wife. Um, and, and in the end, uh, Tomino m- m- marries um, the, the love of his life, who's Pamina, and Papageno ma- meets up with and uh, has fun with uh, Papagena, and they have lots of Papagini, and uh, and so the whole thing ends in in, in in great fun at the end. And so it's a it's a tour de force. It's a it's a really interesting plot, and I have summarised it very poorly there but uh, I, I, yeah, there, there's, there's, you know, there's a prince there's um, there's uh, uh, well I guess a princess you know, there's a daughter of a queen and, um, and and you know there's a quest to to win the love of them and, and yes. yes there's 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 fun and uh, magic along the way absolutely and the queen of the night uh, didn't she do a fantastic performance she hit those top F's in that in, in that really difficult um, Aria and, and she was just fantastic. Yeah. Now I was I was intrigued by this whole thing because I've never been to an opera before. I've never seen one. I I recognised one or two of the pieces of music that were used uh, tonight, uh, but I, I realised there's almost like a whole um uh, language that i don't really understand you know so so i'd have said like oh you know i knew a couple of them numbers in that in that <laughs> but you, they wouldn't be called that would they um in a, in a in an opera no more pieces aren't they yeah and arias and yeah and, and, yeah and so on so there's there's a whole language there there's there's dialogue that i just do not recognize <laughs> in that sense um and do, duets of course we had as well so uh, yeah well so the other thing that i noticed and i don't know whether or not the magic flute is a fair representation of opera but it actually seemed to me it was rather like a musical just with older music that, that would be one way of looking at it i mean it's now am i right in thinking though that most operas would not have much spoken dialogue that that sometimes in fact an opera would purely consist of sung dialogue exactly yes. whereas it's, this one had does, does a lot of spoken quite, dialogue it's quite a lot of dialogue but more more than many other operas yeah so it felt like 
it was a musical. It, I thought I've seen musicals like this where yes. where there's a, a story, there's a bit of dialogue, and then the singing is part of the the propelling the plot forward and yep. and, and and expressing what's going on. Uh, and and yeah, and, and several and other tropes of a musical I thought were there in this. Exactly, the dialogue brings out the humour. I mean, there was there was quite a lot of humour. There was, and I wasn't expecting that. No. Is that common with opera? No. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, common with this production, or is this something oh yes. that they've... So this this it, is known as a, it, a, a funnier... It's, it's known to have a, sort of comedy elements within it, and uh, but they, and they brought them out really well so, yeah. uh, this evening, I thought. They, yeah. And the audience was very appreciative. The, the young lad who played Papageno, who I gather was a late addition, when we heard Peter Jones talk here on this show last week, uh, I think he said that that that, that, that man was brought in um, late into the game. He he replaced another cast member who was unwell. Uh, but I thought he did a tremendous Absolutely job. Tremendous and if he wasn't, if I wasn't told that, I wouldn't have known that. And I did think that he uh, he lit it up somewhat. He made he 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 really brought. I couldn't take my eyes off of him watching the stage. That that he wasn't the strongest singer, and that was something that the director mentioned last week. But there was, but the director said, and he's absolutely right. There was something about his persona, his his it, exuberance. Yeah, yeah, in his presence, and it was there. Yes. And he brought a lot of the laughs. Absolutely, I thought he just he did a sort of really really good performance. But he didn't bring all of them, and there were some other people. I thought the I, I, is there a name for those three the three ladies that came on at the beginning are they um that's the three ladies so there's the first second and third lady right but okay i didn't know if they were known as something if they were sirens or if there was another sort of like opera term that i haven't yet come across but that i noticed in particular there was one of those um ladies who's probably known as there's probably known by number isn't she um but uh, but yes she was the one who i think she might have been third lady uh and and i i thought she brought some humor to it as well but you know there was the bit at the beginning when they when they attacked the snake exactly and and she, you know she was funny as well and and, and in fact they all they all, you know that all those three ladies were yes. but but there was yes there was good humor in there, a lot of those there, performances there was great humor and, yeah. I, and you talk about the, the that third lady there uh, i think she did a fantastic job with the with the extras that they keep giving to Papageno, I thought when when they came out with a padlock to shut to yeah. shut his voice up, it, yeah. it was just a magical moment, really. Yeah, yes, yeah. really, so, and, it, it, and and I think that really lifted the show enormously. Mm, yes, yes, that humour it it lightened it, and and it for someone like me who's never been to something like this before, it made it more accessible, uh, and also the fact that they had translated it into English, which oh, yes. I gather again isn't necessarily commonplace that a lot of operas would be sung in their original language. Yes. A lot of the more heavy ones would be in Italian and so on. So it's, uh, but but no, I think this one being in English was was much easier to understand and we could follow the plot. Mm, yes, but, but I think you know if you've seen Magic Flute before, you've got that music in your mind, and it's just wonderful when they uh, when it when it when it comes through. Forget particularly those those pieces that uh, are, are, are familiar, um, particularly that aria from. Uh, from the Queen of the Night, I think it's just a spectacular piece of piece of music. Yes, yeah, and and and, and the way she hit those top Fs, I thought was just just brilliant because that that is difficult to do. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, and also somebody who was in fact known to both of us was was in the in the play as well, and uh, and, and he said that we had to mention how uh, that that his his particular um, he said, was it, he, I think he was, he, he's the armed man. Yeah, he referred to himself as the second armed man. I think he said, and and, <laughs> yes. and, and he said, you know, make sure you mention that that the second armed man saved the show. Absolutely, which which we we've said neither of us believe that, but we've both said it. So hello, Robert, and uh, yeah, well done. Well, Rob, that, that was Robert's perception. We shouldn't damage that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they all—they all did a tremendous job. Um, so, yeah. So, so your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how how does that compare to other operas you've seen? How does it compare to other versions of the Magic Flute that you might have seen? Um, well, I've, I, it, I thought it was really, really very, very good. I, it's, um, it was, a, it was a brilliant production. The lighting, I thought, was just spectacular. Uh, they, they really did a good job, and I mean, that was just an eleven-piece orchestra. And, and the music that they got from that from that group was just lovely, um, and it because it was quite a spread of instruments, um, it really went very well. And I I just thought uh, the flutist I thought did a, a lovely job. I think it was lovely to watch um, to watch Tomino on the on the stage with his magic flute playing it, um, and and the la- the lady with the, f- the flute of the orchestra was was doing a just splendid job. Timing was just absolutely excellent. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was. I was also impressed with the orchestra that was there. So, so there's a live orchestra that, which maybe for many people, I think, well, of course, there is. It's opera. I, I wasn't sure how they were going, going to do that, but there was a, there was a, a live, uh, there was a live orchestra, and uh, the percussion uh, I thought was was particularly good because the guy basically had some sort of digital percussion thing, which was just one big rubber pad and he played it and he and he obviously could change the settings to make it and he touched it in different places and it made different sounds but you would never have known that that was anything other than um an original you know um drum you know all the different timpanis and all the different bits of drums you wouldn't have known it wasn't that if you couldn't see him do it exactly but it wasn't it i was i was impressed with the tech (laughs) so i thought that was uh that was pretty good but but i must admit the, the standout for me it was. It reminded me how good live music and live singing is. Mm. You know, we've been we've been locked down through through COVID for so long, um, and just to be able to be able to go out to the theatre and get a live orchestra and get really good live singing, absolutely fabulous, wonderful stuff. So, if you are at a loose end, if you if if any of what we've just described sounds in any way tempting, uh, and you think maybe I'll give this opera thing a try, or if you are a, a, a big fan of opera, then do check out the Magic Flute. It's on at the Auburn. It's on at the Abbey Theatre. Let's get that right. Don't turn up to the wrong place. It's on at the Abbey Theatre. Uh, it's on until Saturday the eighteenth of March. It's on each evening from seven thirty and on saturday there is also a 2 30 matinee uh, more information can be found on the abbey theater website you can also find out more about it the show and about about the uh, chamber opera themselves on their website which is st albans as is our custom the links are all in our episode description right now but uh, alan uh, thank you for for being both our health correspondent and our opera correspondent it's been a fabulous day to covering both of those and um, and, and thanks for uh, allowing me to, to come with you this evening it was absolutely brilliant performance well you know it was a pleasure to have you there and and you know also we were somewhat compelled the judge said it was that or prison for you didn't he so <laughs> anyway alan uh, bellinger thank you very much thank you thanks for listening to this edition of the saint albans podcast with danny Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or a podcast platform of your choice. 
This will help us reach more listeners. Join us, the St. Albans Podcast, next Wednesday for more news, views and reviews. In the meantime, commit no nuisance. Produced by Samantha Rolfe. Logo and artwork by David Ellis. This is an independent production in association with the Heart Advertiser. If you would like to become a community partner or a sponsor of the podcast, please visit stalbanspodcast.com for more details.